Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Attention. You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting across from me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Hard to believe we're... Uh you know, more than halfway through October now. Yeah, really, and uh, very well past the halfway point of the season, even though yeah. it doesn't quite feel like it. No, Actually, it, we should be at the midway right, point of right. the season. It, it's interesting, because, like, I was thinking, like, weather-wise, the last, um, well, last night, or not last night, but Friday night, um, it was a little cool, um, but not, like, not super cold, but it was the first kind of game where I really felt like I had to, kind of be prepared for the weather. Now, the weather on Friday was not nearly as bad as it had looked like it was going to be for most of the week. But, um, yeah, that, that was one of those where, man, it had the potential to be cold and rainy. And it was it was cool, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was too cold. No, it was nice. And it did not it rain. Well, I mean, it drizzled a little bit, but it, rain was not really a factor. So right. I'll, I'll take it. Right. Yep. All good. So, we're here talking after victory again. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Positive, all good, good times. Wilson wins against uh, Cedar Crest, uh, convincing fashion for the third straight week. Yeah, uh, they've scored now thirty-one or more points over the last uh, four weeks. Yeah, which is a, a good thing. Um, also, defense over the last three weeks, giving up no more than eight points. They've yeah. given up twenty-one points in the last three weeks, and I believe all of those scores came after the starters were out. And in McCaskey, it didn't even come with the it defense on the field. It didn't even come against the defense for McCaskey, you're right. So, yeah, things are moving pretty, pretty good right now uh, in terms of things we can handle. Yes, so, yeah. Stuff that we can control, we are controlling. We're yep. doing our job. Yep, and, and that's, that all, is, that's all you can do. That's all we can ask about. So, um, we're going to talk about the win versus Cedar Crest. We are going to preview the de facto Section 1 championship 
against Hempfield this Friday. That game will be talked about uh, towards the end. Um, and we probably need to talk about the power ratings because that is what everyone is asking me about. <laughs> so, um, and by everyone, I mean everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. But yeah, yeah. We've got a game to recap and uh, we're going to start right there um, after we do our little uh, announcements. So let's uh, get right to that and thank our sponsors, May Sandwich Shop and the Small Player Big Play app. Uh, please download the app at the Apple or Google app stores. Again, it's free to download. It's a great, great app for youth athletics. They've been streaming a whole bunch of stuff and you can hop on there and uh, Start your own streams. Stream, uh, you know, if you got a child that plays Van Reed or Lincoln Park, it's a great way to stream that. And um, they've also been doing a variety or of scholastic like, and competitions. Like as, as, like, you get into youth basketball and some of those indoor um, activities where, where things may be a little even tougher to kind of get people there. Um, great opportunity to kind of get yourself used to the app and and to use it to its full capabilities um, as we head into these winter months and as winter sports start to ramp up in, in over the next few months. Yeah, and uh, it's a great way to do that. So definitely check out Small Player Big Play. And once again, thanks to uh, my dad, Bill, at May Sandwich Shop for his support and our two anonymous donors. We appreciate them as well, one of which I've been talking about, talking to a lot over the last week as we um, you know, talk about good things, some not so good things outside the program, not with the program, um, and then um, just talk about what the future may hold. So it's been a lot of fun. We appreciate the, the support from our anonymous donors. Uh, there's multiple ways you can help us besides sponsorships, advertising, and the donations. Uh, please visit the website, bulldoghour.com. I put information up there about the game live streams, about our shows, players of the week, and just a variety of history and heritage of the program. I'm trying to update the season-by-season season records. All that information is on bulldoghour.com. And then, of course, the last way, Justin's favorite way, spread the word. Yeah, like and share. That's You can kind of spread the information that way, too. All right, we'll be back next week, Sunday, October 25th, to talk about the game versus Hempfield and then preview something. Yeah. We don't know what it will be. That's right. We'll have to have wait. No we'll, clue. We'll have to wait till next Cannot weekend. even comment on that. <laughs> um, I wish there was an, a way to have an emergency show in the middle of the week. I don't know. Depending on things that happen, I don't know. Maybe right. that's something we'll have to look into. Yeah. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. Um, so a little update on the schedule here. Obviously, what we're going to be talking about right there uh, in the center. Game five against Cedar Crest. Victory 41-6. to six. And then upcoming game six versus Hempfield this Friday, October 23rd. So, um, should we should we head to the video first? Should we check out uh, yeah, let's, the let's highlights from the game? Right, let me pull up uh, what, what Huddle has to offer us this week. Uh, always, always fun and entertaining from <laughs> them. Um, let's see what they deemed worthwhile of a highlight. Because sometimes I'm wondering where the highlights are. But let's see what they got for us. All right. So Wilson Cedarcrest this past Friday, October 16th. Um, we're skipping past Jaden's first touchdown and going right to the fumble recovery. Uh, oh, we're also skipping uh, Jack's field goal. That put Wilson up 10 nothing. Then Jaden recovered a fumble and rumbled uh, about 25 yards 
to the end zone to put Wilson up 17-0. Um, here we got a nice big 33-yard uh, run from Jaden, and this is going to set up his second rushing touchdown and third touchdown of the night. Will they show us that? No, they won't show us that. Why would they show us that? But here we're going to get a 65-yard uh, a uh, run. They call it pass, but it is clearly a run. So... The, uh, the, the huddle AI, not the best, but this is the nice big 65-yard touchdown run by quarterback Caleb Brown. Um, and they are showing us the exact same play, I believe, again here. So if you missed okay. it the first time, here's your chance. He did make a bunch of defenders miss, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, some poor angles from the Cedar Crest defenders to cut him out. Then some great downfield blocking. Well, I think when uh, he got, gets outside, like, I think... The second level isn't always prepared for how fast he is. Right. So uh, at this point, Wilson's up 31 to nothing. And then uh, we get to see the lead extended to 38 nothing, courtesy of the returning Mason Leonard. Uh, he's is able to get outside and sprint past the defenders to get in for a 26 yard touchdown run. So it was great to see Mason back. I do not believe he played any defense, but he was in for a few carries. Yeah, not on that offense. I saw, but I, I could have missed it. But. And later in the game, we get to see this nice little flip-out pass from Caleb Brown. Um, it gets a good pickup, and I believe this is what helps set up Jack Wagner's longer field goal, which was a 39-yarder, so really yeah. good evening for Jack Wagner. He had uh, a bunch of kickoff touchbacks. He had a few booming punts, and then he had two field goals, uh, including the 39-yarder, which is his season long for, for this year. Yeah, yeah. he. Um, yeah, it, it's always fun. When they're in a spot when they can attempt, you know, a longer field goal, and it's not like a heart racing time in the game. Um, at least I say fun for me. Like you know, there's not as much stress about the field goal. Right. But yeah, he he boomed it, and it um, seemed to go pretty well. Like so, I, I was glad he got the chance to kind of kick one uh, to kind of show what he can do because he, he shows it on the kickoffs. And the last few weeks, like you mentioned, he's had plenty of opportunity to <laughs> keep booming the ball through the back of the end zone. So. Um, that it's, that's a big weapon. And we, we've talked about it before, but that's a big weapon. Um, we talked about it in the Mannheim Township game when he was able to kick it at the back of the end zone every, every time that keeps, you know, a division one talent in that game from having a chance to return the ball. So, um, yeah, it, it, that, that's nice because he, when the other team's starting at their 20 every time, that kind of pins them back, lets the defense do their thing. Right. So, uh, all good for Wilson. I don't. I don't believe there are any significant injuries. I don't think. Not I don't that know I for sure. Right. Um, I know Troy Corson was beat up a little bit yeah. uh, at the end of the game, and uh, the starters didn't play much, if any, of the second no, I, half. They no, left that no. up to the uh, the backups and the, the JV, which was great. And they played. They played pretty well. You know, they didn't get on the board, no. and they only surrendered a score with like what. 40 seconds left or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but again, there were some big plays. Um, like Well, they uh, recovered a fumble, which and, we thought was going to preserve the shutout. Right, and then uh, Tomeo had, had a oh, nice they had pick. The yeah, so actually, so, uh, plus two in the turnover yeah, margin. So, so positives there. Um, but yeah, overall, it looked really good. They they were not flat. They started strong. They got to return the opening kick. Uh, Capitano Capit yeah, picked it up. Uh, I mean, I understand not wanting to kick it deep, a lot of time there's dangerous dangerous returners at Wilson, but I wouldn't have kicked it to him. No, that was no, not a great idea. No. Uh, as he is a track star in the spring, <laughs> right. so 
he, when yeah, he, he got the edge, he was good. Yeah, I thought when he got but the edge, it was edge, funny I he because was there was one guy to beat, and he just like he just straight up ran over yeah. him. He did. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna do it, which would have been great because we're scoring on a punt block, uh, and uh, then on a kickoff return, yeah, that would be pretty crazy. cool. Uh, but wasn't meant to be. But set up uh, Jaden's first touchdown run right. of the night, and a huge game from from the junior running back. It was nice to see him back because he did not play last week right, right. at McCaskey. Uh, and he contributed on both sides of the ball, scoring yeah, offensively and defensively. Defense so it was great, great to see all around. Very, very strong effort from Wilson's first group. Uh, three straight weeks now um, with incredible effort, both sides taking care of business against teams that you know aren't as talented as you. They didn't really have any slow. I mean, I guess the Penn Manor one was the, the one that was roughest um, early. But they got it together, they kept fighting, and they put it away by either halftime or just after halftime. But we knew about that coming into the year. We knew that Mifflin Township were probably going to be tough. Then you probably have three weeks where you'd be expected to win and win big. And then the the uh, section finale could be possibly for the championship, and that's where we're at. Yep, exactly. And so it's kind of played out pretty much exactly like you said and like we've been saying since this version of the schedule came out. Right. So, so that's where we're at. Uh, Wilson four and one Hempfield three and two Wilson, no losses in the section Hempfield, the one this past week to Manheim township in their own place. It was at the black Knights uh, in Landisville uh, lopsided uh, a little yeah. bit of a surprise there. Township really took it to Hempfield 49 to seven. They couldn't stop Anthony Ivy. He had like five catches for 135 yards or something like that. Didn't there? They also couldn't stop the running back Clancy. Uh, and man, we, we saw what Clancy could do. Like he, he, man, he was, um, he's a heck of a ball player from, from that game that we saw. And he, they, he, he had a big game. And I don't necessarily mean statistically. I just mean like, he in in the matchup this year, he was kind of their go-to guy. In, in that, that's just a lot of that situational stuff. But um, yeah, he he had a important role in in the Wilson game. I just right. put it that way. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's check, uh, listen to some of the statistics. Let me pull those up and um, highlight the uh, the team stats. Uh, Wilson, 17 first downs to Cedar Crest, seven. Wilson rushed for 249 yards on 32 carries. They held Cedar Crest to just 39 on 22 carries. They also kept Cedar Crest under 100 yards passing at 96. Wilson just a, a bit over at 113. Total plays, total offense, 49 plays for 362 yards for the Bulldogs, 47 plays for just 135 yards for Cedar Crest. And a couple more interesting uh, stats. Wilson was penalized twice as much as Cedar Crest, six for 49 yards, Cedar Crest, three for 14, which I mentioned just because that's surprising to me because according to the Cedar Crest coaches, um, they weren't throwing enough flags on Wilson at all times. So, yeah, we talked about that. And it was one of those where is this something we just haven't noticed because it's quieter at games than typical but i don't i think that may have been part of it but that clearly was not all of it because like you said it was just, this isn't the first week of the season right. or even the second or third like we're over a month in now so like 
It hear, really stood out. You hear sidelines and crowds complain about calls all the time. But right. Friday night, it just seemed it was every very, play. very vocal every single play. It was every play. Every play. So it was kind of just odd. And I think the refs had enough of it after a they while because they yeah. gave him a sideline warning. Right. Now, that could have been because they got in their way. You know, they right. were in the box and they shouldn't have been. But it also could have been that they're in their ear yelling, screaming at him every play right. that they just had enough. Um, so that, that was just something I wanted to point out. Wilson was penalized twice as much, um, six to three. And yardage wise, it was 49 to 14. Uh, third downs. Wilson prevented Cedar Crest from converting any third downs. 0 for 10. Now, Wilson wasn't much better at just 1 for 7, and neither team converted on fourth down. However, Wilson was 4 for 4 in the red zone, whereas the Falcons 0 for 2 when they got down wow. in that area. Now, they scored just outside the red zone, but hey, no one's Not in the red zone. <laughs> no, it wasn't in the red zone, so... All right, let's take a look at some individual performances now. For Wilson, a lot of people carried the ball. Remember, there are 32 total carries. And let's see, 11 different players <laughs> managed to get at least one touch of the football. The majority of them went to the trio of Caleb Brown, Jaden Jones, and Mason Leonard, which makes sense. Uh, they account for 19 of the 32 carries and most of the yardage. Quarterback Taylor Brown had eight carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. Jaden had six for 72 yards and two touchdowns. And then Mason had five for 55 yards and a touchdown. So all of them averaging over 11 yards per carry, each of them getting in the end zone at least once. And uh, all of them had a carry that went at least 26 yards, if not longer. So... Very good performance on the ground. Passing, mostly Caleb, 6 of 12, 113 yards, a long of 29. He was sacked the one time. Um, no passing touchdowns, but again, he was getting it done with his feet, and the team didn't need him to throw the ball all that much. The leading receiver was Troy Corson for three catches for 59 yards. Tight end Corey Powers had two for 36, and Spencer Tanga chipped in one for 18. And... Uh, Let's take a look at our defensive statistics. Again, a lot of people getting playing time, a lot of people appearing on the stat sheet. Uh, the one that le led the way is actually someone who played the majority of time in the second half, which is Rocco Elig. He had four solo tackles and assists for four and a half total, one of them for loss. So he was certainly flying around and making the most of his time on the field. Uh, in terms of starters in the first half, Troy Corson from a safety spot contributed three solo, three assists for four and a half total. Uh, Eric Jackson had a pass breakup, uh, and um, the team forced two fumbles recovered by Austin Velukovic and Jaden Jones, which who returned it for a touchdown. So with that said, Justin, it's time to discuss our player of the game. Uh, and I don't think it would be any surprise that that is our first two-time winner now, and that is junior running back linebacker Jaden Jones with uh, three touchdowns on the evening, putting the game away really early. Uh, his scores uh, on both sides of the ball propelled Wilson to an early lead that they would never give up, and he had another great performance returning uh, from an injury, and uh, it was great to see him back on the field. Uh, great, great uh, night for him. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see him. Um, he's been working there at, at times on defense. Um, but 
Yeah, he's he's had a couple huge games. Um, but yeah, anytime you can score two rushing touchdowns and a defensive touchdown, that's a uh, it's a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, Caleb also had that interception on defense, so he was making plays on both sides of the yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah, that was a heck of a pick. That one was up for um a bit big um a big ticket play. Uh, okay. high, was triple 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 player. The high, I, I I put out the vote or put out the link to vote for him. Uh, I think he was actually losing to the Burks Catholic interception, which we can't let that happen, guys. Yeah, come on, come you got to vote for the Wilson player. Get on there, check out WFMZ and vote for uh, Caleb Brown's uh, juggling interception. So uh, obviously, there's always a couple people that stand out and could be our player of the game. But when you chip in three touchdowns, uh, and especially when it happens on both sides of the ball. Um, that's a pretty strong show. Yeah, that it's helps you stand out a little deserves bit. Deserves recognition. So congratulations to Jaden, who was our first two-time winner this season. Um, good thing he's back for another year, too. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Like like when the underclassmen are, are big, big contributors. So do you have anything else to add about the Cedar Crest game? Um, anything to mention? The only thing I would say is that I, I was impressed that Three weeks in a row, they've come out and handled their business. Um, and like you said, when they know what it should be, that that's tough to do. Um, and we don't always get to see that, you know, like it's it doesn't always go that way, especially in high school football. Um, so I, I like that they've just, you know, done their job, come show up ready to go. You know, especially with some of the unique circumstances like at, at McCaskey where like there was a clear goal of like, let's get this to where it's comfortable. And then we're literally going to send some of you guys out and bring other guys in. Right. You know, like we, we talked about it. That's a that's an easy thing to kind of get off your game, get off your game. But like. I like that they kind of owned it because everyone knew that's exactly what was going to happen. Right. You know, or, or let me rephrase that. Everyone knew that that was the, the plan and there was no like talking around it. That was just the way it was going to be. We're going to handle our business. And they did. And then, you know, to be able to follow that up this week and handle your business, that's great. And then this week, you know, like you said, Hemfield stumbled a little bit this past week. However, um, you know, for the most part, this season has looked, pretty strong and building and you know they're going to want to bounce back from that um from that performance last week with a lot on the line you know like you said this if they were to win this week or you know hemfield is viewing if they win this week they could work their way into a three-way tie for the section right you know so you know all's not lost for them and Wilson has a lot to play for in that they can have an undefeated section season, you know, so something they haven't done for a few years. So that would be, that would be really, that would be an awesome step. It would be. And uh, like you mentioned, this is, this is the thing you play for. Right. Like you, that's one of the most basic things that every Wilson team wants is to win the Lancaster Lebanon League, win your section, yeah. uh, especially if you can go through it undefeated, not losing yeah. to a section team. Uh, it's just, it's huge. And there's a the opportunity is right in front of them to do that. Right. It, it's interesting because like, and I know we haven't talked about it as much for a few years because it kind of, it ended a few years ago, but like for so long, those kids never lost the section game. Right. You know, and that hasn't been the case the last few years. And, in no small part to 
other Section 1 teams just being very, very good. The Township teams of late and the Warwick teams of late have just been very good football teams. Like, there's no there's no getting around it. You know, you look at what Township has done, made some runs into the state tournament. You look at what uh, Warwick, like, they, you know, had their season kind of derailed by injuries a couple times. But, like, some of those teams could have made some runs into the state tournament. You know, like, they were legit football teams in section one the last few years. So it's not like a knock to not run through it undefeated, but to have the chance to do that this year would be something cool, you know, for these guys who have been on the teams that hadn't quite gotten to that point to be able to kind of do that would be, would be a cool, cool statement. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's not too much else to say. Uh, the Wilson, I won't even say rivalry. The Wilson domination of Cedar Crest continues. Yeah. Cedar Crest, I don't believe, has beaten Wilson since 2001, I believe. You can say that about most right. LL teams, right. though. I mean, really, we, we oh, talked about that. Other than Warwick and Township, no one has beaten we Wilson. We talked about those 2001-ish like, teams so much. <laughs> like, right. But we well, were, it, well, we were like, talking, like at McKeskey, we were talking about how there were three power five quarterbacks in section one in of the section LL. one of the LL in 2000 and 2001. Right. Which is crazy. Right. That's, I, it's tough. Well, to and think. think, think about that 2000 year, the 2000 year you had, cause you add in Redding. So you add in oh, right. James, you add in yeah. James Bryant. No, not well, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. he was. Was he a freshman? Yeah, he was yeah, a freshman. Yeah, he would have been a freshman yeah, that year. Sam Bryant. You had Sam. Lamar Stewart. Right. You had Lamar Stewart. <laughs> Gosh, you Lamar about Stewart. Him, huh? Yeah. He was, he was setting, like, lifting, like, things, like, crazy. Well, so, so, right there, you eventually, James Bryant went to, my, well, Miami slash Louisville. Right. Uh, you had Sam go to Pitt. Right. You had Lamar go to Penn State. Right. Then Wilson, you had Henny. Go to Michigan. Right. You had Ian Firestone go to North Carolina. You had Andy Rowland go, go to, to Duke. Duke. You had Mike, Mike Nelson, Nelson go, go to Ohio. Ohio. Um, uh, Cedar Crest had Brandon Kirsch who right. went to Purdue. You had Jaron Hayes who went to Michigan State. I don't remember the name of the receiver I, or I, where he went. Right, right, right. But at McCaskey, you had Patterson who went, Perry Patterson, the quarterback who went to Syracuse. Right. And then they had a running back receiver who also went to Power Five schools. Right. I believe one was Maryland. Right. Um, so the collection of insane. talent was absurd in the, the, you know, the turn of the millennium, um, which we're very familiar with. Yeah. Not to be all back in our day, back in our day, but but literally back, back in, in our, our day. day. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, sometimes I feel like that, that 2001 Wilson team was super, super strong and just met up with teams that just were stacked. Yeah. And I feel like that's how a lot of the LL teams felt over the last like 12 years. Right. Like they were like, we have one of our best teams ever. We and talk about those Penn Manor still teams couldn't early Wilson for how long, you know, almost now I, growing number of years ago, but like those Penn Manor teams, Penn Manor and, in 2012, 2013, right. I, the, the Hempfield team, the year Fode forced the fumble. Yeah. Like, you know, um, or got a pick or something late. Like uh, yeah, in 2016, yeah. Or like, 2015, 2015. Right. You know, like just some of those teams, like man, they thought it was their year, and well, because there was a stretch there where like it just seemed like it was going to happen, and Wilson just kept finding a way mm-hmm. to win games that they had. I don't want to say they had no business winning, but like 
everything's stacked against you and they end up winning. Like just amazing. So yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's exciting to have a chance to go through a queen slate in section one, which is uh, like you said, that's, that's the goal. So, Hey, let's, let's finish the job on, on Friday night. Yeah, for sure. So um, just before we move on, since we're talking about it and I actually, I didn't get to highlight this on the show because it happened in December after our shows are, are over. But I want to point it out, in case anyone missed it, now that it's almost a year old, maybe it doesn't matter to anyone, but I still think it's pretty cool. Um, on BulldogHour.com, I did uh, Best of the Decade, yeah. um, highlighting a bunch of stuff. And one of the best ones, one of the ones I really enjoyed doing was looking back on all the games from 2010 through 2019 and trying to come up with the greatest games. And uh, I have them all posted with uh, pictures and the... Ready Eagle recaps and scores and why I thought it was the best. Um, my my favorite that I had or the as the best game was, of course, uh, Wilson Mifflin in 2014. Uh, that was just absolutely incredible. I only bring it up because I know the Hempfield game is on is on there. I don't know okay. if it was in the top ten, um, but it, it, I just remember it uh, as being you know kind of a. A big deal, and I, I I think it is in the top ten because, uh, I think I embedded one of Jeff Reinert's tweets about okay. it because he asked about it. Um, was this the night that it was going to happen? Yeah. Um, it's not there yet. Oh, there's a picture of you when I'm blaming you for not being at the Cumberland Valley game. <laughs> um, yeah, here it is. Friday, October 9th, twenty fifteen, eighth greatest game from the twenty tens. Uh, and then here you're going to see, there it is, uh, to end the game, Fode Jallo sacks Kramer on fourth down, Wilson holds and will survive 15 to nine LL record, 53 wins in a row. Yeah, so, so not only was it a come from behind victory one to continue our streak, it set a record right. that game. Um, and then earlier that night, Jeff had tweeted out, I covered Wilson's last section one loss back in 2007 bookend assignments question mark. And then I quoted said, not this time. <laughs> so. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. I like that. But yeah, if you're interested in any of uh, the best of the decades, the 2010s, check out BulldogHour.com. You can find that on there. Um, that was uh, a lot of fun to do last year. It's so. crazy that that stretch is, is done. <laughs> that like, the 2010s are yes, done? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. A lot of fun. All right, so let's talk about Hempfield now because that's the team that's traveling to Gursky this Friday night. Wilson will host the Black Knights to attempt to win the outright league title first since 2016. Um, first title since 2018, which was shared, but first outright title opportunity since 2016. And uh, so who's coming to the stadium Friday night? Well, that would be head coach George Ager in his first yeah. season as Hempfield's head coach. He's been with them for a few seasons as an assistant coach. Last year, they went two and four in section one play, four and six overall. And uh, they have a, a few guys back. Now, the biggest issue for them right now, as it stands, is they were missing two of their key offensive players in the loss to Manheim Township, mm -hmm. um, especially running back and defensive back Tanner Hess, not having him um, hurt. Uh, he's their leading rusher and their go-to guy on offense and defense. He's a big playmaker on defense, too. And also their, their leading receiver, Jaden Jimenez, also did not play against Township. 
So they had issues scoring, only putting up a touchdown, and then without these guys on defense and not being able to stop Anthony Ivey, they gave up 49 points. So it was a tough, tough game for them. I doubt that either of them being there would have made up a huge, huge difference like that. I don't know that it matters 42 points worth, but it probably changes the outcome. Like, it changes the little picture of, of the outcome. It doesn't necessarily change the big picture of the outcome. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know if one or both will be back. I don't know if one or both will miss. And, you know, it's one of those things I don't know how long they're going to be out for. It, right. Is it going to be uh, just the one week or is, is it longer? I, I'm not aware. I don't know what they're going to try to do. But those are two of their big players, Tanner Hass and Jaden Jimenez. Both did not play. Um, their quarterback is Cam Harbaugh, having a pretty good year for them, and they are always known for their big and bruising offensive linemen. Uh, one of their biggest issues um, coming into the year was that they needed to find um, enough to go around them because I think they only had two back, two uh, two linemen back, I believe, um, entering the year. Um yeah, I think that I think two of them were back. The center was one of them, and I'm not sure what the other one was. So they were replacing guys in the trenches, just like we we were. So, um, you know, they they looked pretty pretty good early. They they lost in overtime at Exeter in the first game of the season, and then they uh, proceeded to win the next three weeks against the three teams that Wilson just dominated. Penn Manor forty to seven, McCaskey forty five to seven, and then Cedarcrest twenty nine to fifteen the week before Manheim Township. So I don't know. Are we going to get a team that's coming in bang bruised? They're you know down in their luck after losing the township, and they don't have much left to go. And and also they have battling injuries. Or are they going to have a team that's going to fight for a share of the section title? Getting you know, and maybe getting some of their playmakers back. Right. You know, like so. Yeah, it, it definitely. You know, is a, a question mark from that standpoint, but like that, that kind of goes to what we've talked about the last, we just talked about, and it's been the last, really the last four weeks, but we've emphasized it the last three. Just go do your job. Like right. it, it, it doesn't, I don't say it doesn't matter who's across from you because like certain players mean certain things to the game plan, but like do what you're, you're put in a position to do and you'll be fine. Um, kind of regardless of whoever you're lined up across from. But like if you if you don't or you can't for some reason, then that opens you up to potential problems. Right. And and so that's where it may be a different a slightly different mindset, but the idea is that you still have to just go out and do what you've prepared to do, handle your business. And I'm I'm confident that like if we do that, we'll be okay. Like if, I, I feel like our our best effort, I feel like will be good enough. Now they, I, the question becomes like if you don't get the best effort, then then what what is it? You know what I mean? So yeah, I think as long as they're not, I don't want to say looking ahead, but as long as they're focused on the task at hand and they do their job, I'm confident right. that Wilson will win the game. Right. I, I don't think that's cockiness. I think that's just. The information we have in front of us, I think Wilson is the better team on paper. Now, obviously, that doesn't always translate when you play the game, right? Uh, as the famous quote is is uh, always reminded to us during football season: "You play to win the game." Right. Or they they were who we thought they were. Right. Uh, all that can be said about a game like this. 
hopefully the chance to go undefeated in the section and win the section title outright is enough motivation. They don't need any other outside right. uh, sources. Th- that should be enough. Yeah. Go go five and one, win the section, and then worry about week seven uh, after the fact. Right. Because so. nothing you're going to do in the game can affect that other stuff at all. Right. So the only thing you have to do is go win your game. That is the most important thing. That is the the only thing that matters right now is that game on yeah. Friday. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's the Hempfield preview. That's who's coming to Gursky Friday night, welcoming back a former Wilson assistant to the stadium on his, his first year as a skipper. Uh, a couple good playmakers that the Black Knights have. And this is their first trip to Gursky uh, in four years. They haven't been there since 2016 because in 2018 we played them at First Energy Stadium right, in the Baseball right. Town Classic. That so, was a fun one. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I can't believe that was two years ago. I know. Well, I saw. I can see it. The poster. See the, the poster on the, the corner of my eye. And so, like, I was thinking that earlier. I was like, man, that was two years ago. We did, we have this conversation every away game, like yeah. when we go. Yeah, every time we go. But, uh, like next year when we go to Hempfield, and be like, weren't we? Yeah, it feels like we were just, just here. Just here. Yeah, well, th- that'll definitely... Um, and hopefully we can stop for pizza after the game. That's true. Uh, and meet up with Andy. Right, yeah. And yeah. Uh, next year when we're at Millersville, that'll be another one because we'll eat at the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And we'll be like, man, I feel like we just were here. Right, were we just here? The best was last year when we ate before the game and then we went back after the game. Yeah, that's right. We ate twice. <laughs> we ate at the Sugar Bowl twice. Well, hey. You're on yeah. college campus. Right, exactly. Abiding, when in Rome. <laughs> right, we're abiding by college rules then. So, yeah, that's always fun. Lots of fun. So, well, it's a little early, but I know there's something that people want to uh, to know about, and we probably need to talk about it because we're at that point of the season where the playoffs are right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And, of course, things are... Very, very different this year as a result of uh, COVID. Every level of District 3 has been cut uh, close to in half or maybe even more more than half. 6A is not taking eight teams as they had for the last four years, I believe. Is now down to just four, which we've talked about in the past. That's how it was when we were in school. Back another back in my day. When, when it was four A though. <laughs> when, right, yeah, when it was four A. Uh so it's like thirty some teams and four make four the playoffs. Make playoffs. So only four teams are gonna make the playoffs uh come a week from Friday, essentially. That is when the District 3 6A semifinals will occur on Friday, October 30th or Saturday, October 31st. And the top four teams, based on the power ratings, will make it. As it stands right now, the top four teams are Central Dolphin, Central York, William Penn, and Wilson. Pretty comfortably ahead of the next team, which is Carlisle, followed by Mannheim Township, and Hempfield. Uh, That's the top seven. Again, only four make it. However, if you're watching, you can see at the bottom of the screen, Harrisburg is highlighted in red. They're currently 2-0 and are destroying people, Burks Catholic and McCaskey, in the first their first two games. You have to play four games before next Monday, a week from tomorrow, to be included in the playoffs. That's the, the District 3 requirement for this year is a minimum of four games played. Harrisburg is playing at Williamsport Tuesday, 
October 20th, yes, two days from now, to get game number three. And as of this afternoon, they are playing a fourth game this coming, I believe, Friday at or no, against LaSalle. I don't even know where that game's at. Uh, so Harrisburg will have four games under their belt before the deadline. So Harrisburg, unless something catastrophic happens where they lose both of those games, is a shoe in to make the playoffs despite their delayed start. And they are more than likely going to jump to the top of those power ratings past central dolphin and move to number one. So obviously anyone that jumps in front of us is going to knock us out of the top four. So as it stands, Harrisburg is not in, but by the time this matters, they will be in. And then what's it going to happen with the numbers? That was very Mario-esque. What's it going to happen with the numbers? (laughs) They don't look good. So we weren't going to talk about this tonight, but then I got a bunch of messages, including from players. They all know what's going on. So, no, I I have a file that I update and can change the results of games. And from the way my file works, unless a team loses that shouldn't lose, Wilson is in trouble as it stands for playing in the district playoffs this year. And, you know, this this season will always carry some form of asterisk because it's shortened. Teams are playing random games. They've edited the playoffs. Some districts aren't even playing in the state playoffs. It's always going to be weird. Right. The disappointing thing is that you can go five and one, winning five straight, going undefeated in your section and not having a chance to play. And really, if if that's the case – your only loss being to maybe the five A favorite, possibly, you know, like or a favorite in the field, right? Um, now, that that I, I don't want to focus all on us because obviously it's most more than likely that Harrisburg, Central Dolphin, Central York, and William Penn will also all be undefeated, right? No losses, right? However, what's kind of annoying, mm-hmm. both of those duos should be playing each other. In right. a normal season. Right. So they're essentially taking their division game and moving it to the playoffs. Right. If it happens at all, depending on how the seeds shake out. Right. Um, Central Dolphin and Harrisburg are mid-pen division foes. They should normally be playing. That game was supposed to have already happened, but Harrisburg wasn't playing at the time, so it didn't happen. There's also the mid-pen, more so than LL, had teams that just didn't play some of their games. Like... Because, like, looking, isn't Carlisle one and one or something like yeah. that? Like, so they've only played two games. You know, there, there's been a bunch of teams that haven't played all their games in the mid pen, is all I'm saying. Not that there haven't been in other leagues as well, but. Um, and Central York and William Penn are both in the right. same classification, same division right. in the York Adams League, but their game against each other was scheduled for October 30th, right. which is. The district semifinals. That's the start of playoffs. So, well, like like Wilson's game against Manheim Township, they moved to the right. first week so that they would play all the second. So the LL League did a thing that makes a lot of sense, where they made sure that all of their division games would be played. The most important game in York Adams is not being played and may not be played at all. They at one time were possibly going to be playing each other in the playoffs. Right now, it doesn't look like that's right. going to happen at not. all. Right. And um, you're going to have two York schools traveling to two mid-pen schools is the way that it's shaping up at the moment. Right. So um, that's where we're at. Uh, There's not really anything 
Wilson can do um, that's not out of left field to improve their situation. They have to hope that one of those four teams loses. Right. Um, it's it's a long shot. Right. It is a long shot. I mean, you never know. Um, like you, like we talked about, you know, William Penn was down a couple of weeks ago, kind of pulled off a crazy win when we were at McCaskey. Yeah, against um, Red that Lion. Night. Um, there's been lots of games that haven't happened that were scheduled, you know, and called off. And, and certainly, don't get me wrong, I am not hoping that that no. happens. Like, I right, don't, right, I don't right. want that at all. But like, I'm just saying, like, whether it's those teams or other games, and it, you know, factors in because it's league, you know, like. Penn Manor not playing McCaskey, you know, yeah, that hurt which, us. which was like a butterfly effect then, because not only that, but McCaskey then, Mc- then went to play Harrisburg. Harrisburg. So right. McCaskey was probably going to lose to Penn Manor. Right. So like, but Penn Manor would have gotten a win, but then they didn't, but McCaskey still gets, Oh, well, it doesn't really matter. The loss is kind of adds in it, it, the losses don't necessarily take away as much as the adding in of wins, but yeah, it, it's just like you said, it, it's been a crazy season to begin with. It's still crazy. Um, but kind of the regroup, but like, like you said, you, you got to go out and handle your business Friday night because how many, how many times have, have we seen things happen where like, you know, a team needs help and they get the help they needed, but they didn't handle their own business. You know, like something like that happens. Right. So, yeah, well, I while, mean, I while always... you can't bank on it, you, you you can only control the to get really cliche, like right, like you got to control, you got to handle the things that you can control, and that's the game against Hempfield. Right. We need to beat Hempfield. Bottom line, yeah. if you want to start thinking about the other things, here's what's going on. Central Dolphin is playing Central Dolphin East. That's an interdistrict game. It's right. it's you know it's in Harrisburg. <laughs> it's a rivalry game, a but rivalry that's game, the only. But Central Dolphin is loaded. Right. Harrisburg plays at Williamsport and LaSalle Tuesday, Friday. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll... <laughs> even if they lose one game, I don't think they're dropping out of the top four. So you essentially right. need them to lose both games this right. week. I don't see that happening. Central York, I believe, plays Southwestern. In four games this year, they have surrendered a grand total of three points. They're destroying people. They are. They're they, like they're, absolutely they're annihilating. Loaded. People. Now, Penn State recruited quarterback. Yeah. New Prebula, right. New air raid junior, system under Gary Janchek, the head coach of yeah. Lebanon, for a long time. They are that air raid offense is just destroying the York Adams teams. Now we know. Historically, at least over the last decade, the York Adams League has not fared well in the upper classifications, especially in 4A when it was just uh, four classifications and now 5 and 6A in the, the current state. This Central York team feels different, yeah. but until they play someone like Harrisburg, Central Dolphin, or Wilson, I don't know really know what to say. Right. So, But they're going to get their chance. So yeah. they, they thought they had their chance last year in Harrisburg, embarrassed them. Um, their coach ended up leaving to go right. back to his alma mater. Right. Um, they have a new coach, and that offense is working. They look very good. They're not surrendering. They're putting up a ton of points, and they're not giving up almost anything. Right. William Penn is the outlier there. They're they're undefeated. They struggled against Red Lion, had to come from behind to win that game two weeks ago. Uh, they rebounded in a big way this past week. They play, I believe, Dallas Town this week. 
So if there's a game where you have to hope for some kind of miracle upset, that would be the one that I would be probably paying attention to. Pay attention to William Penn Dallas Town. Uh, other than obviously Wilson Hempfield, because if we lose that game, it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. But if you want to make the playoffs, you've got to win that game and then have something else right. happen. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, with that being said, there's a, a good likelihood that Wilson will be playing Manheim Central in week seven. That'd be on Friday, October 30th. Uh, Wilson. Beat Manheim Central last year at Gursky, fell in the, the first meeting back in 2018 in this uh, this crossover cycle. Manheim Central is struggling. They are currently one and four, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, they lost this past week to Conestoga Valley, and it was at Manheim Central. Right. They hadn't lost to the Buckskins since 2006. They haven't lost this many games since like the early to mid 70s. They're going to be missing the playoffs for the first time since like 1991 or when, something like that. Um, yeah. Oh, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, just I this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but where um have have they announced how the crossover stuff will work in a, in the when the Burks LL merger happens? Will that game still I don't be think on? they've talked about that yet because yeah. of because of the craziness because that happened. Because of the craziness of this year and then you have a whole another year in the cycle right, yet. Right, right. So next year it'll be interesting once uh, November December rolls around because you'll be talking about not only reclassification of teams You'll also then have the LL Burks merger stuff talking, which is, I'm kind of surprised they had to develop the league stuff now because next year you're getting reclassifications. And if they wanted to keep everything, you know, this is 6A, this is 5A and maybe big 4A, like however they were doing that. Because let me remind you that Mifflin was like, two people away from being bumped to 6A for this two-year cycle. Who's to say they won't get bumped up for the next time, and when that merger happens, why wouldn't you want Mifflin up there with the big boys? I, right. I don't, I don't understand why they felt the need to have to get this aligned two years before it's going to matter. Right. But that's why I'm not in charge of any of the uh, the league decisions. So. And as as of right now, Wilson doesn't have much say in Wilson those has LL no decisions, say. and all the anyway. Burks teams being added have no say. They're right, all associate right. members. There is it's not Lancaster Eleven and Burks League. It is the Lancaster Eleven League. There right. will be no mention right. of Burks in the league title at all. It is not really a merger. It's essentially them granting the Burks team right. admission for football only. That's it. it. That's it's all an it is. Annexation. It, uh, yeah, yeah. The annexation <laughs> of Burks instead yes. of the annexation of Puerto Rico from <laughs> from Little Giants. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously we'll be, um, paying attention to any last minute happenings this week leading up to the game against Hempfield. I'm sure if there are developments, yeah, you will be on top of it. I will be it. on top of it. Um, whether it's cancellations, postponements, both with Wilson or, or teams that matter for the future of Wilson, or if Wilson starts adding games later in the season, because remember right. we're only at seven games. Teams are allowed right. to play up to 10 right. and they have for Wilson, you have four weeks to play three games should they not make the playoffs. Right. Right now, the final game is scheduled to be at Mannheim Central on October 30th. That is game seven. They can then play games on November 6th, 13th, 20th, and 27th, or even the Saturday. They can play... You can can get 10 games in before Saturday, November 28th. Now, I don't know if that is something that Wilson, the coaching staff, and the players will be interested in. Um... Or, uh, or what? So once there's some clarity on the playoffs and the future, we will have that information for you. And obviously, 
next Sunday on the show, everything should be crystal clear. Yeah, it, we should we should we should know by then. So we'll see. All right. But like like we said, you got to handle your business on on Friday night. There's there are things we can control in over the next week, and there are things we yeah. cannot control. Control the controllable. Right. Yes. Do handle your, your business. Job. Yep. So there we go. All right, before we uh, say goodnight, let's uh, listen to one last advertisement from Small Player Big Play. Introducing Small Player Big Play app, the all sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right. So once again, we want to thank our sponsors, Small Player Big Play and May's Sandwich Shop. All right, Justin, anything else to close out episode 11? Um, no, I mean, we've we've harped on this the last few weeks, um, you know, and it comes up over and over again. Like you, you got to handle your business on Friday night. Um, do the things you need to do this week to prepare. Be ready to go and uh, come around and fly around on Friday night and have some fu- have some fun on Friday night. Have some like, fun. Have some fun. Win the section championship outright. Get to right. fly the flag at Gursky. Yeah. Get your own plaque. Yeah. At, be added to all the stat books. Right. Uh, and know that you were undefeated right. league champs. Absolutely. There, there's that, a there's a lot on the line on Friday night. Yeah. So give it everything you got. For, for sure. All right. So that wraps up this episode of the Bulldog Hour. Again, we are scheduled to be back. And we'll be back next Sunday for episode 12, recapping the game against Hempfield and then previewing whatever the future holds. And if something crazy should come up during the week, you will best believe that uh, we will be there to cover it. I will have uh, stuff on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And should whatever happens require a show, we will try to bring that for you as well. So uh, thanks for your support. And until next time, remember, go go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.